I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore. Welcome to the table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. We worship at Island Creek Elementary School, 7855 Morning View Lane, every Sunday at 10 a.m. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. Boat, 
Battered by the waves was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning he came walking toward them on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You have little faith. Why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. So I... You know, when Alyssa was up here speaking, I, I couldn't help notice that maybe another miracle that some people think uh, is that the Phillies are ahead of the Nationals. In the <laughs> and I'm sorry that she's not here uh, to hear that because I don't like, you know, necessarily talking about that, you know. But that will change, I think, shortly uh, in the standing. So, um, you know, there's, there's real problem here in this story, right? The disciples are told to get on a boat by Jesus, and they're sent ahead. And then all of a sudden, there's this big storm that comes up. Now, I had the opportunity a couple years ago to go to the Sea of Galilee, and it's basically like this giant bowl. And so when storms pop up, they are, they are rough, they are quick, and it, it just becomes like a mixing bowl of just bad things happening. And so as we are sitting there, if we can picture ourselves in the story for a minute, how much fear would have to be on these disciples' hearts? The person that they have traveled with, the person they have learned from, is not with them. And yet here they are in this mixing bowl of fear. Now I would say that for some of us, and we read it very beautifully in the call to worship, some of us know people who are kind of in that mixing bowl of fear or doubt, Feeling like there's a storm in life. Chaos, if you read Facebook, some of the uh, social media stuff, look on news articles, chaos seems to reign supreme. And so we kind of find ourselves oftentimes in this very stormy situation. People are much more cynical, uh, you know, than they used to be as well. Now, I went to, to college with Brett and Gina, so I can't really tell too many stories uh, because they're here with you all the time, so they can probably tell you the truth. But I was pretty annoying as a freshman. Yeah, okay. Most freshmen are. Like, I'll, I'll give it that. Uh, Gina was like, yeah, yeah, you are. I'll look right here. Yeah, yeah, you are. Um, I appreciate that. This was great being here with you this one time. Um, <laughs> But we are sitting here, and, and I remember being a freshman in college, and, and we were approached all the time by people, Gideons wanting to get us Bibles, you know, people just kind of standing out on the drill field at Virginia Tech, which is the only correct choice uh, for college. Um, but uh, we do the same thing at George Mason University, is we go out on North Plaza, and we stand around, and on Ash Wednesday, which was also Valentine's Day, there were no jokes about that going around campus, but we were sitting there, and we were doing ashes to go at one table, and then we had free Dunkin' Donuts on the other. And literally, I had to, to I was in my, my robe with an Episcopal 
priest because we're an ecumenical ministry. Uh, the, the Episcopal priest was doing ashes, and I was like, I'm just going to do the donuts because let's be honest, that's the fun part, right? So I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm in charge. I get to pick what I get to do. And I was trying to go around and say, would you like a free donut? And people, we literally had one person sprint. Like, they just took off. And I was like, I wanted to yawn them. It's not a trap. <laughs> See how I worked in a May the 4th? Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. It's not a trap. But I feel like we live in a society in a world where people are just so mired sometimes in the storm. And what's going on that they fail to see that God is calling them and inviting them. Now, I... I would say, and I was really scared as Alyssa was talking, I was like, I'm so glad I didn't just focus on Jesus walking on water, right? And she said, it's not the real miracle. And I totally agree with her that there's a lot more to the story. And it's kind of like an onion, or if you're a fan of Shrek, kind of like an ogre. There are layers, right? And so I think one of the things that's really true is this idea that Jesus is always reaching out. There is another piece that I think is really amazing. And that's the fact that in this story, that Jesus invites Peter to walk on water as well. And I think that that is an important truth for us today. And that is in and of itself a miracle. You see, lots of us like uh, to give Peter a hard time. But Eugene Boring, and this is a real person's name, uh, he's a scholar, he wrote a, a New Testament commentary on Matthew. He pointed out that this was the very first time that dis disciples were allowed to go ahead. This is the very first time when they went before Jesus did. Now, there were times that Jesus went ahead of them. And certainly Jesus was walking with them and traveling with them, right? But this is the very first time when Jesus says, no, you guys got to go. It's amazing that they ever went anywhere ever again, right? Like the very first time. But I think that that's really important. That this is the very first time that they go ahead. And so, of course, they're scared. Of course, they're crying out. Of course, they're petrified. Not only is their lives at stake as they feel it, right? Because that's real. That's their perception. This is the very first time that Jesus has sent them ahead. Again, I remember being a freshman, and I was always really excited when I got to go do something for the first time. Again, really annoying. <laughs> but I remember that. And then when things didn't quite go the way I wanted to go, I remember having anxiety, feeling like I was in the storm, right? And having other people there to help hold me up. And that is so important in the stories that Jesus does pick Peter up. But friends, this morning, I would like us to think through that miracle of being called out of the boat to go onto the sea and with some authority. Because the truth of the matter is, is that in our mess, in our doubts, in our fears, in whatever storm we're going through or our friends and family are going through, Jesus still calls us to move out and to move with authority. We're not always going to get it right. We will fall, we will fail, we will sink. But the truth of the matter is, is God always invites us to get back out of the boat and to walk with Christ. It's oftentimes our own pride 
our own sense of not being able to say sorry and seek forgiveness, our own sense of having to do things perfect that keeps us from when we fall, like Peter might have, to get back up and to keep walking with Christ out the boat. I remember uh, one of the time right after college, I was uh, with a, another campus ministry, uh, their campus minister, and I got an opportunity to go to South Africa. And this was a time when I was, this is a boat experience for me, right? Like we were sent, and uh, I actually, the campus minister had to sit in all-day church meetings. And I don't know about you, but I just love all-day church meetings. <laughs> so when he said, hey, I got an idea. How about you go to this AIDS hospital with this missionary? You go do that, I'll sit in the all-day church meetings because it's kind of boring, even in South Africa, just really boring. <laughs> and so I end up going, and, um, and my experience was really quite terrible. We go to this AIDS hospital, again, I'm all by myself in a foreign country with a South African person uh, who did not speak Zulu, uh, which most of the people at the AIDS hospital would have spoken. The only words and phrase he knew how to speak in Zulu was, repeat after me. Nope, didn't know that. And the answer was outside. Um, wherever you can find um, So we're sitting there and we are um, having the conversation uh, and, and we're going around from bed to bed and we come to this woman. And he says, repeat after me in Zulu. And so she's trying in English, to re or trying to make the words, she doesn't know English, and she's trying to say the salvation prayer, right? Like, and then uh, we know she's probably close to death. And he tells me this. Um, and then we just walk away. And I remember in that moment, 20 minutes later, hearing her scream, hearing her cry, that I did not love her very well. That we had not loved her very well. And I just imagine this story coming back to me. What would it look like to have held her hand as she was scared, as she was going through her own personal storm? And I remember asking the missionary about it later, and there were, of course, concerns about tuberculosis because that is prevalent uh, in South Africa, especially once people go into these, these hospitals. It's usually not AIDS that kills them, it's the tuberculosis. And I remember just sitting there going, man, I feel like I've let Jesus down. I feel like I let this woman down. And I was just brokenhearted uh, for the rest of the day. And you better believe it, though, when we came to the children's ward uh, in the children's area, because it was just women and children, uh, we went in, and uh, I was told not to touch the kids because, you know, could get TB. I picked them up. Because I had realized that I didn't want to follow in my own sense of sadness, I didn't want to wallow in my own doubt, my own fear, all that kind of stuff. Now, I, I didn't catch anything. But I just remember at that moment is what would Jesus do? Right? What would Jesus do in this moment? And I can guarantee you that as we think of this story, this un, 
this hard to believe story. And one of the universal truths for me as I reflected on it was not to be afraid to get out of the boat, not be afraid to take the hand, not be afraid of doing some amazing things because the world would want you to believe that you can't make a difference. The world would want you to believe that you can't do tough things. The world would want you to believe that you, once you mess up, that you're not good enough. And the truth of the matter is, is that Jesus says, no, you are. Come, step out of the boat. There are no prerequisites. In fact, you want to know something really interesting? Matthew chapter 16 is when Peter for the first time confesses Jesus as the Messiah. Jesus invited Peter to get out of the boat two chapters earlier. It wasn't a prerequisite to be perfect. It wasn't a prerequisite to go to a church. It wasn't a prerequisite to be able to declare Jesus the Messiah. But God wants to use us to do something amazing. Jesus might be this morning encouraging you. I don't know what, what your boat is. There are all kinds of these conversations and questions and teachings that sound really hard that Jesus is inviting us to get out of the boat. Loving your enemies, serving, being generous with your time, your prayer, and your money to support communities like this. Being a part of a church plan is difficult. We know because we're at a college campus with no real space ourselves. Uh, and I'm so thankful for Lyndon and Ruth, who are two of our leaders, for being here uh, this morning. We get that. That's hard work, right? Going and investing in the community, seeing where a need is and meeting it. Going and talking to neighbors, talking to friends, inviting them to things. That's hard work. But I believe that God is calling us out of the boat. I know for us at George Mason, we have uh, several um, evangelists. Uh, I don't I really should stop even saying evangelists. People that like to come with bullhorns and scream at students. Uh, that's really what they are. Um, I'm glad this is on Facebook. Great. Uh, they'll find it. They'll, they'll comment, I'm sure. But they, they sit there and scream at students. And so part of, for us, our boat is how do we respond? How do we respond in love? How do we respond and say, this isn't the Jesus I believe in? Jesus didn't have to scream and yell and manipulate and hurt. And that, in so much of who we are as Christians today, who love Jesus and love people, that is a big step out of that boat. And trusting that Christ will hold us and give us the words. I want you to know that you are invited this morning. For some of you, just as Alyssa said, you might be really struggling and needing to know that Jesus is right there reaching out for you. Maybe for others, you need to know that Jesus will always be there to invite you out of the boat, to living a more wonderful life, ready to teach you like I learned from that South African woman ready to reach and invite you to invite someone else. But know that that 
one of the most important truths that Christ teaches us in the New Testament. Amen. Amen. Hey.